as much as you, you see, always and forever. Remember that? I do remember it. Good. Kip Dynamite. I haven't watched that in a long time. Did I already say that? Because no. now I'm just like thinking of how long it's been since I watched Napoleon Dynamite. It's been a while. I've been thinking about how long it's been since I've watched a lot of movies because I was getting rid of movies today and taking them to FYE. Did you watch any of them before you took them? No. What if you miss your DVD of Crash? I love that movie because it's so like fake deep. It's a little bit overt. Contrived maybe. There are good things about it, obviously. It has ludicrous in it. That's the that's what I meant when I said there are good things about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other like shooting the breeze you want to get done while we're here? Are we recording? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> as far as shooting the breeze, I'd like to tell you that I made $31 at FYE selling my DVDs. What DVD were you most reluctant to get rid of? I got rid of some of my Doctor Who seasons, but I made $10 on season six. People love Doctor Who. People really F with Doctor Who, as do I. I've seen one episode, and it's when Carrie Mulligan's on it, and everything's turning <gasps> into stone. Yeah. That's a really good episode. It's like a standalone, kind of, because it's not really about the Doctor, though. But it's good. I was disappointed that there wasn't a lot of David Tennant. Yeah. Why did someone show that to you? I think hmm. I watched it on my own. Oh, interesting. Because it's a really good episode. And sometimes when I am trying to get someone to like Doctor Who, I'll have them watch that. But yeah, that's not really reflective of Doctor Who as a whole. I've seen it and I don't really like Doctor Who. Hmm. I've seen parts of the one where the mannequins turn to life. I think that's, oh, that's the, first... the first episode of the reboot. Like, like, I'm happy for people who do like it. Because there's you. a lot of content to... You know what? Maybe we'll do an episode about Doctor Who. Have you watched Broadchurch? It has David Tennant. Yes. I really like it. It's good. I really love David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. Have you watched Peep Show? No. She's on it and it's very funny. If there's a list of people I would die for, Olivia Coleman is on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Speaking of people you die for, here's today's topic, ma'am. It's Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks. I probably wouldn't die for anyone but Stevie Nicks. Mm. You wouldn't die for Mick? He's pretty cute and everything in the 80s, like the older music videos. (laughs) Not right now. Okay, well, something that I think we need to address is that you and our friend Amy Elms think that he's cute, and I do not. I think he has wild, scary eyes. Do you think Licky... Lindsay Buckingham. I don't have a secret relationship with him that allows me to call him Licky on accident. But... <laughs> okay, well, you heard it here first, folks. She is not dating Lindsay Buckingham or Licky Buckingham. I have this this other guy <laughs> around named Licky Buckingham. I get him confused. Um, I think he's more attractive than Mick. Yeah, there's just something about Mick. Yeah, when he does those crazy eyes. His, well, you like the crazy eyes, and I'm very scared of his crazy eyes. Some of I've us seen can't too hang. many of those eyes on first dates. I, <laughs> but relatable. <laughs> okay, so I would die for Stevie Nicks. Great. I still love Christine McVie. She she gets pushed to the back a lot because Stevie Nicks is more distinct in her sound and her fashion mm-hmm. and her coke probably her coke. Like her drug use? Yeah. Oh. And also probably more attention from her split with Lindsay Buckingham, even though Christine McVie was married to John McVie and then they got split. But she didn't write Silver Spring, so she's just not as popular. Or Landslide. That's Did quite Stevie popular. write Landslide? Yeah. Hmm. Should have known. 
The main lineup that everyone knows is Mick Fleetwood, Christine McVie, John McVie, Stevie Nicks, and Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, so that's the main lineup, but it was started in 1967 in London by Peter Green, Mick Fleetwood, Jeremy Spencer, John McVie. I sounded like I was going to name another person, but those were the three. <laughs> they were started off as like a blues rock group. In London. Are they all from London? I think all of those guys that I just listed are British. Yeah. Okay. The five that I listed before are not all British, but we'll get to that, ma'am. Christine McVie started contributing as a musician from their second album and married John McVie in 1970. So this was before Stevie Nicks and Lindsay. So Christine was contributing to their music and then she married John? Yeah. She was a session musician, so she wasn't like officially part of the band. She joined in 1970 when she married John McVie and replaced her good maiden name, which was Christine Perfect, with Christine McVie. It was a literally perfect, like the word. It was the perfect name. It's like how I knew someone in college named Anne Shakespeare. And because she was trying to be an actress or was an actress, she didn't change her name. And I respected that so much at the time and still do. If I had a good last name, I would keep it. I don't know that my last name is good, but I do really like it. I feel attached to it. So unless it's a really kick-ass last name, I'm not changing mine. Yeah, what if they have a stupid last name? Um, Let's think of stupid last names. Ass. Barf. Piss. (laughs) (laughs) Is the word piss like as obscene as a swear word? No. I think when I was a kid I was under the impression that it was though. Because it was like crass. Did you just have your world (laughs) shattered? When you just now said piss to me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were like, wow, that sounds so regal coming from your mouth. It must not be a swear word. It must not be as crass as I was taught. Wait, where 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 was I? Christine lost her perfect last name, Ugh. and as of 1970, she was in this British blues band called Fleetwood Mac. The name was a combination of Mick Fleetwood, because his last name's Fleetwood. Not sure if you can tell. Mm. Then John McVie, his nickname was Mac, so it was like Fleetwood Mac. I get it. Look me in the eye and say I get it, Allison. I swear, I get it. Thank you. I swear on my life. She did it, and we're making eye contact, and it's very uncomfortable. Whilst this was going on, so Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham meet in high school. I think it's in Arizona. Let me check really fast. Yeah. Arizona. I'm just Googling their names in Arizona. I thought you just Googled Arizona. If the state of Arizona are true fans, then they'll have that in their as their state motto. Yeah, if you Google Arizona, it'll say Stevie Nicks. And Lindsay Buckingham met there. Utah's state motto should be, the Osmonds are from here. Our state motto should be, the Osmonds are from here. Post Malone lives here and eats here. Mr. Charlie's Chicken, it's on like 45th South in Taylorsville. That's like by where you used to teach. So Stevie Nicks is from Arizona, but so she was attending Arcadia High School in Arcadia, California. And in high school, she was in a, her first band called Changing Times, a Aww. folk rock group focused on vocal harmonies. That's beautiful. Because they were changing times? Yeah, I mean, think about, like, the lyrics to Landslide and how she's spent her whole life thinking about the passage of time and change. I wasn't prepared to get this deep this <sighs> soon, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. So she went to more than one high school. Hmm. I'm learning this just now. I swear I know all the other facts. This just in. She went to more than one high school. Yeah, so during her senior year at Menlo-Atherton High School in Silicon Valley is when she met Lindsay Buckingham. How old was he? She's 71 right now. Okay. And he's 69 right now. But anyway. Wow. What a cougar. So she saw him playing California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. You know that song? I do. California Dreamin'. Yeah, by something called Young Life. It was started in Dallas, Texas by a Presbyterian minister. So it's just like a youth group, I guess. And so she started, she joined him in harmony when he was singing California Dreamin'. Isn't that such a meet cute? Okay, hold on. She just walks in on him. He's singing that song. She walks on stage and starts harmonizing. Unsolicited. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Very Stevie. I like that you said he. she walks in on him. Like she walked in <laughs> on him peeing. <laughs> Which... I walked Side in. note. <laughs> on Saturday, I walked into a bathroom at a party. The light was off, and I turned on the light, and there was a dude peeing there in there. Just peeing the... in the dark. Yeah. Didn't lock the door, didn't turn the light on. And I was like, oh, sorry, and he didn't even reply. And I was just And like, then when he cool came thing. out, I was expecting him to be really embarrassed or something, and he was just unabashed. We should all live our 2019, like, with that energy. Yeah. No shame. No fear. No lights. No locks on our doors. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long motto, but it's a good one. That's so catchy. <laughs> I can't believe it. Where we last left off, she sees Lindsay Buckingham at the Youth Life Club singing California Dreaming. She joins him in harmony. She recalled that saying, I thought he was a darling. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Buckingham was in a psychedelic rock band called Fritz. Two of them, two of the band members left for college, and then he asked Stevie Nicks in 1967 to replace the lead singer and guitarist. Their band had a country rock flair. They became popular as a live act when they opened for Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin from 1968 until 1970. Whoa, that's a big act. Yeah. Stevie Nicks credits the acts as having inspired her stage intensity and performance. They both went to San Jose State University. She majored in speech communications, was planning on becoming an English teacher, but she dropped out the semester before graduation to pursue her musical career with Lindsay Buckingham. Wow. What, were they dating this the whole time? Yeah. Like, so the second that she started joining him in harmony, they also joined in love? Exactly. In 1973, they recorded and released an album called Buckingham Nicks. It was not a commercial success, and then their label dropped them. So she worked a job as a waitress for like $1.50 an hour, and, and Lindsay was like living off of her wages also because he's a deadbeat. Or she's just a powerful provider. Yeah. I know. He's not a deadbeat. Love love him. Actually, I don't know. I don't know yeah, if I do love him. Do we love him? He's a great musician. That's for sure. But has he ever been on the New Jersey Turnpike? Pretty much the fastest way to get the to the top of my list of impressive people is to go on the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. Uh, Let it be known that I have been on the New Jersey Turnpike. So but even, that's why Allison's my friend. Because I have a sweatshirt for it. Allison's wearing a gray sweatshirt. And on the front, there's a green logo for the New Jersey Turnpike. And on the back, there's like a New Jersey outline. And it says... What exit? I don't know. I got this at Savers, and I've never been in New Jersey, as beautiful as it sounds. 
Have you? Oh, yeah, you've been in New Jersey. We just established. Yeah, I only drove through it, but I did drive on the New Jersey Turnpike in a minivan. You have New Jersey Turnpike energy. Thank you. You're welcome. When Nix was working a variety of jobs, they lived for a time before moving in with Richard Dashute. And that's around the time when she was working, she started using cocaine. Oh, how old? Like what, in her 20s? Let's see, 1973, and she was born 1948, so she would be 25, right? Well done. Math. Fast math. Can you believe this mind I have? I can't believe the beautiful mind that I'm beholding. when it raining. Players only love you when they're playing. Let me get back to what I was saying. They moved in with the record producer, and then Lindsay got a guitar playing gig with the Everly Brothers and Whoa. toured with them while Nick stayed behind working on her songs. And then the time she wrote Rhiannon, after seeing the name in the novel Triad by Mary Leader, that was that song caused it to be a rumor that she was a witch mm-hmm. when it was out because she would wear black on stage, and that song is about a woman like going into the night and sort of being one with the night and the moon. Yeah, not like a hooker lady in, with the night, but like mystical, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think she was a witch. I'm going to go on record and say that. Oh. But do we agree that she's a witch now? Yeah. Because do you think that maybe people thinking that she was a witch was sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy? prophecy? People essentially expected that she was a witch or kind of put that label on her and maybe that led her down that fun little coven path. <laughs> I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> Okay, while I was trying to um, give you some fresh hot takes about Stevie Nicks and the occult, Allison opened her phone and was just looking at Brendan Fraser beams (laughs) (laughs) and ignoring me. I was just like, Janae, I'm holding on to your every word, but But Brendan's Brendan's calling. Uh, That's on brand for you. Yes. That tracks. And then also when he was gone, she wrote Landslide, inspired by the scenery of Aspen and her inner turmoil over her decision to pursue music and her relationship with Buckingham. Wow. That was a time when she was going to, like, she was thinking about breaking up with him. Yeah, that makes sense because she's talking about how she built her life around him. He, yeah. Because she has. That tracks. (laughs) Late late 1974. (laughs) That was um, Mick Fleetwood saying that because he's British. Keith Olsen played the Buckingham Nick tracks Frozen Love, Love for Mick Fleetwood, who had come to Sound City in California in search of a studio to record Fleetwood Mac's next album. So this is where the two storylines overlap in wow. a beautiful Kismet X shape. Fleetwood remembered Lindsay Buckingham's guitar work. So okay. he heard Frozen Love um, and Bob Welch who was in Fleetwood Mac. I don't even remember. He's he's so unremarkable. Sorry, Bob Welch. I know you're, you're out there, but... Maybe he's a member of the Grape Juice family, so he's probably doing just fine. He's He left to start a Grape Juice empire. Mm-hmm. Not confirmed, but Bob Welch decided to pursue a solo career, so Mick Fleetwood wanted to replace him. He called him to ask him if he would... Uh, take his place, and then he's like, no, me and Stevie Nicks are a package deal. Oh. I'm trying to be, like, semi-detailed, but not, like, so detailed that everyone's going to be like, this is boring. Yeah, we don't want people to hit the snooze button. We want you to hit the cruise button. 
We want you to feel like you're cruising down the New Jersey Turnpike <laughs> when you're listening to this episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what exit? That would be so sick if that were the title of the podcast. What exit? Hey, what exit? Thunder. Okay, so. Only happens when it's raining. The group decided that the pair would, Im- would improve Fleetwood Mac if they brought both of them. So they made the British band into an Anglo-American band. So they had an album come out, the first album with the three British people and the two Americans called Fleetwood Mac. Stevie Nicks' Rihanna appeared on the album, and it was voted one of the 500 greatest songs of all time by Rolling Stone. They're not wrong. Wait, have you ever met a Rihanna? Yeah. No, I haven't. I just (laughs) lied to you. I think I counted it as meeting a Rihanna from that Easy A movie where Ali Mashalka plays someone named Mm -hmm. Rihanna. Oh my gosh, I forgot that was her! Yeah, she plays her hot friend. I knew a girl in in high school named Rhiannon, and and she was really cool, and also I was a little bit afraid of her. She's probably a witch. Okay, well, so we're moving on from your shit. (laughs) Her live performances of the song throughout the decade began to take on a theatrical intensity not present in the album single. The song built to a climax in which Nix's vocals were so impassioned that Mick Fleetwood declared, this is a quote from Mick Fleetwood, this is what he'd been saying. He said, her Rhiannon in those days was like an exorcism. <gasps> and Landslide was also on their first album. I don't know that Landslide, since I wasn't really like, uh, like in the 90s, I was like a tot. What what <laughs> the, we in the biz call a, a tot. A mere tot. But I know that when... Smashing Pumpkins covered the landslide. It got way more popular. And then Dixie Chicks blew it out of the water. Yeah. As much as I like Fleetwood Mac, I like theirs better. The Dixie Chicks? Yeah. I don't, but I do respect the Dixie Chicks Thank version. You. Thank you. That's all I want. Like, I really love the Fleetwood Mac one, but I just like the mm-hmm. Dixie Chicks one a little bit more. I'm glad that you have the um, bravery to say that since you're such a Stevie fan. Please, yeah, no, please don't egg me if you see me on the streets for saying that. I'm saying it to you. Ever, I would never egg you. I would only ever egg Nazis. Oh, good. And Richard Spencer. I guess Richard Spencer is a Nazi probably, yeah. right? <laughs> Following the success of Fleetwood Mac, increasing tension between Nix and Buckingham began to take its toll on their creativity and Nix ended the relationship. So they broke up and they started doing Rumors, which is like their most famous album, Mm -hmm. the most alluring probably to people because it it has all their, like all of them broke up, like John and Christine McVie divorced and Mick Fleetwood got divorced from his wife, I think. We'll just assume that he did. He went through some sort of a breakup. Even if he didn't, he had some like angst inside of him. Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks break up. Those two breakups. And this one, they're all doing cocaine, so they come out with rumors. It has Silver Springs, which is a, supposed to be a B-sides to go your own way. I don't know. I don't know how to describe go your own way. I think it's inaccurate because, like, it says she just wants to shack up with him. And I think on Silver Springs, you can tell she didn't just want to shack up with him. Yeah. Because it's like about how powerfully he's never going to forget her and how witchy they are. I'm going to look up the lyrics. Loving you isn't the right thing to do. You can go your own way. Like, I think it's good. It's a good kiss off song. I think I liked it more before that I, I knew it was about Stevie Nicks from Lindsay Buckingham. 
Yeah, so Lindsay wrote it about Stevie. Yeah, and then she wrote Silver Springs, and they were like, we're going to include it as a B-side. I can see why you feel annoyed by that, because, yeah, he says shacking, shacking up. up is all you want to do, but, like, she clearly, there's clearly a lot more to it from her side. What the hell? the hell, Lindsay? Men, am I right? Men with women's names, am I right? My dad's name is Kim. Take that back. We have a mutual friend whose dad's name is Dana. Who else has a stereotypically female name? Oh, our friend Courtney, a girl, is dating a person named Courtney, a, a boy. boy. But anyway, let's let's move on, you frit, kid. <laughs> this is how Allison really treats me. She calls me things like frit head. <laughs> what a scathing insult, am I right? She's always roasting me, but that one hurts the most, honestly. Here's what I was telling. I was telling Jen, Good Time Janae that I think this is such a good tood for Stevie Nicks to take on. And I was watching an interview and they were like, Lindsay Buckingham said that if you guys hadn't joined the band, that you would probably still be together and still be married and have children. Hmm. And she was like, probably, yeah, I agree. And they were like, do you wish that you had, hadn't joined the band then? And she was like, no, because it's destiny and I never want to resist destiny or like... <sighs> It's wow. just everything is how it's supposed to be, even if it's you're in a band with your ex-boyfriend for 30 years and you hate each other and don't talk off stage. Did she say that part too? No, she didn't. I'm just, but you're just saying that's the implication. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cost of it was probably was a lot. That's fascinating. But I really like that because your performances are being described as an exorcism. And, like, you're doing something that feels really important and that's obviously helping you express yourself. How could you look back and be like, oh, boy, I really wish that I had just stayed married with this guy and my life hadn't changed at all. And I had kids. Yeah. Not that either one of those things is bad, but it doesn't seem like... A trade-off. Yeah, it doesn't seem like an equal trade-off. Her performances, she would, like, dance around the stage and do all this stuff because I guess she wanted to be a ballerina at a certain point in her Mm. life. Here's a, a little sidebar. Do you like Warren Zevon? I don't know what that means. Oh, it's a, it's a guy and he's really, I love his music actually. Tell me about him. He has, the most popular song I can think of is called Excitable Boy. It's kind of like ahead of its time because it's just this boy who keeps committing crimes. Like he took a girl to the prom and like raped her and killed her and then everyone just kind of downplayed it. Like boys will be boys. Oh my gosh. What a dark and twisted song. It starts way before that and it just says like he does all this weird stuff. And they're just growing like, up, it like off. bit someone's leg. <laughs> and after each weird thing that he does, it says, Excitable boy, they all said. My summation wasn't that great because I started off with like the rape and murder, made so it sound like they were what playing I was it off. fixated on. Yeah. And I thought they were making light of it or something. But you, you know what I mean now? It's like a statement like they play it off like they're not dangerous kind of thing, mm-hmm. but he was. Yeah, just an excitable boy. You'll have to just check it out. Actually, I think his most popular one is probably Werewolves of London. That sounds more familiar to me. The whole album is called Excitable Boy, and the whole album's really good, in my opinion, which is objectively correct. I'm confused about how he's connected. Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks did back up on his second album that was self-titled. Mm. I'm just giving him a plug. Rest in peace. That's <laughs> like... The only two artists that my mom likes are like Warren Zevon and Tom Petty. Hmm. 
I'm sure she likes more, but those are just like her standout. What about what artist does your dad like? Well, they both like the Beach Boys and the Beatles. That was like stuff that we would listen to in the car when I was young. Also, a lot of 80s pop. He has, he likes like um, Metallica and The Who and stuff like that. Mm. That you would expect a, a boomer man to like. Yeah. What does your dad like who doesn't have a woman's name? Shout out to John. Bang my line, shouty, if you're listening. <laughs> so John is a big fan of John Denver, Billy Joel, Elton John. Uh, oh. And he also listens to some country music. We're from Southern Virginia. Mountain Mama. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Take me home. Country Slodes. I just want to say that that song is about Western Virginia, not West Virginia. Don't at me. I'm... Don't even un- really understand that claim. My m- mind is too small for your but thoughts. You, but you stand behind my claim, right? Yeah. You're going to support me in it? Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, my mom's a big fan of Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, I guess. They start doing their album Tusk in the spring of 1978. Mick Fleetwood was married to a model named Jenny Boyd. And I'm pretty sure that she was, like, very good friends with Stevie Nicks. And Stevie Nicks and Mick started having an affair. She claims it was because they were, like, coked out at a party and everyone left before them. So they hooked up. See, here's a statement. Never in a million years could you have told me that would happen. Nicks has stated, everybody was angry because Mick was married to a wonderful girl and had two wonderful children. I was horrified. I loved these people. I loved his family. So it couldn't possibly work out. And it didn't. And she said if the affair had continued it would have been the end of Fleetwood Mac well so um, is she claiming it was just a one-time thing no they it wasn't a one-time thing oh but it just began in that sort of fleeting accidental way uh, yeah because in that sort of Fleetwood kind of way because I can distinctly remember them having to tell because I was there for it I can distinctly remember because I was right there in 1977 me too no but they had to like it went on enough that it they had to tell Lindsay Buckingham if it were just a random encounter they probably wouldn't would have just kept it to themselves yeah moved on in November of 1978 Mick Fleetwood left his wife for Stevie Nicks's best friend what a player players only love you when they're playing nice Mick Fleetwood is really tall he plays the drums he just goes crazy on the drums with like his mouth wide open and you're just like calm down when he's drumming sometimes he just seems like he is transported to another place and also that he doesn't understand what a normal human facial expression looks like it's true he doesn't yeah he doesn't know where he is and he doesn't know what faces are supposed to look like he's the one on the cover of the rumors album that looks tall as fuh like tall and skinny i feel like i should have known but i never really processed that that was supposed to be mick fleetwood see he looks really really skinny so you're like that looks like some fake yeah, just animation some cartoon like robin hood person yeah first of all just that it's just the two of them and second of all that it's so saucy like her leg is wrapped around his dude there's nothing more saucy How could than they, a leg if they hadn't had an affair before this they would have to they would be legally required to have an affair after this album cover around his waist that are like hanging from his crotch are balls from a toilet that they took from i can't remember where toilet balls they, the there are toilet balls in this i there's so much i did not know about this album cover yeah you're welcome i really never drank it in 
players only love you when they're playing with stolen toilet balls. Did you know Say That You Love Me by Chris, that Christine McVie sings is about their like lighting director or whatever? She had an affair with the guy who like set up the lighting for their concerts. Interesting. Good for her, honestly. Christine McVie plays hard, dude. She was engaged to Dennis Wilson, whichever Beach Boy drowned. We'll refer to wikipedia.com. <laughs> I bet it's Dennis. So from 1979 to 1982, she was engaged to Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. He died when he was 39 after they had broken up. By November of 1983, he was homeless and living a nomadic life because he was addicted to alcohol and heroin. He left the Beach Boys in 1977, and this was in 1983. Are you following me? Are you looking at stuff? Are you looking at... I'm looking at exclusively pictures of Brendan Fraser in Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, so here's the story of Dennis. I'm going to say it once and for all. Mm -hmm. So he checked into a therapy center in Arizona for two days. And then on December 23rd, checked into St. John's Medical Hospital in Santa Monica, where he stayed until the evening of December 25th. Following a violent altercation at the Santa Monica Bay Inn, Dennis checked into a different hospital in order to treat his wounds. Several hours later, he discharged himself and reportedly resumed drinking immediately. On December 28th, three weeks after his 39th birthday, he drowned in Marina Del at Marina Del Rey after drinking all day and then diving in the afternoon to recover items he had thrown overboard. Forensic pathologist Michael Hunter believed that Dennis experienced shatter shallow water blackout just before his death. I'm looking up shallow water blackout. It says it's an underwater faint due to lack of oxygen to the brain, brought on by holding your breath for long periods of time. Without immediate rescue, the swimmer quickly drowned. How do I stop shallow water blackouts? I don't know. I'm panicking. I'm still a little bit confused about what makes that different from just normal drowning. It's got a special name. That's the difference. Maybe the difference is that you faint. Okay, yeah. So the difference between just drowning or shallow water blackout is that because of the lack of oxygen to your brain, you pass out or black out. Yeah, as opposed to like trying to breathe and being awake the whole time. Yeah, like if you were... Seems preferable to black out. Well, now we know that it was Dennis for sure and not Brian or Carl. And we also know so much about shallow water blackout now. We do. It was truly a journey. So the only person that Stevie Nicks was ever married to was a guy named Kim Anderson. He was the widower of her friend Robin Anderson. Her friend Robin died? Yeah. So they married in 1983, soon after Robin Anderson died of leukemia. She was determined to take care of Robin's baby. So she said to Kim, I don't know, I guess we should just get married. And they got divorced after only three months. We didn't get married because we were in love. We got married because we were grieving. It was the only way we could feel like we were doing anything. Years after their divorce, she reunited with her stepson when he was a teenager, putting him through college, and she has maintained contact with him ever since. In the late 70s, she had an affair with Eagles drummer slash vocalist Don Henley. Then she had an abortion in 1979. That was Don Henley's baby, who the song Sarah is about. She wrote a song about Eagles and James Gang guitarist Joe Walsh, who she referred to as one of her greatest loves. But they couldn't sustain the relationship because of mutual drug abuse. She's had four abortions. Men who sleep around and just like 
don't have to face that kind of responsibility or that kind of consequence. That's an interesting fact to be public knowledge. That's very brave of her. I think something mind-blowing to think about is if she had kept all her children. Oh my gosh, wow. That would be like an entire coven. So the song she wrote about Joe Walsh's Has Anyone Ever Written Anything For You? That's one of my favorite songs. Really? Like it's one of my favorite Stevie songs. It's really haunting and lovely. According to Wikipedia, it says she wrote that about Walsh's deceased daughter. Okay, I'm going to read this thing on song facts about has anyone ever written anything for you? Hell yeah, I love song facts. (laughs) According to Stevie, it's a tribute to Joe Walsh of the Eagles. She says, I guess in a very few rare cases, some people find someone that they fall in love with the very first time they see them. Some people call it love at first sight, and of course, I never believed in that until that night. I walked into a party after a gig at the hotel, and from across the room without my glasses, I saw this man. He held out his hands to me, and I walked straight into them. I remember thinking, I can never be far from this person again. He is my soul. He seemed to be in a lot of pain, though he hid it well. But finally, a few days later, he rented a Jeep and drove me up to the snow-covered hills of Colorado for about two hours. He wouldn't tell me where we were going, but he did tell me a story of a little daughter that he had lost. I guess I had been complaining about a lot of things on the road, and he decided to make me aware of how unimportant my problems were if they were compared to worse sorrows. So he told me that he had taken his little girl to this magic park whenever he could, and the only thing she ever complained about was that she was too little to reach up to the drinking fountain. So as we drove up to this beautiful park, under a huge, beautiful hanging tree was a tiny silver drinking fountain. I left Joe to get to it, and on it it said, dedicated to her and all the others who were too small to get a drink. So he wrote a song for her, and I wrote a song for him. He was so, like, fixated on his daughter and, like, writing for other people, and she was writing a song for him. So she died. It was his eldest daughter, Born in 1971, died in 1974 as a result of injuries suffered in an automobile accident on her way to nursery school. Oh, sad. So the track that he wrote was called Song for Emma. He has said that the title of his album, which was called So What, was a result of Emma's death, that nothing else seemed meaningful or important in the months that followed. So, I mean, it sounds like a a meaningful interaction, but at the same time, it sounds like he's like, you can't be sad about your problems because mine are worse kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's probably some context there. Like, it could go either way, but I do, I have a problem with people being like, oh my gosh, like, there are children starving in other countries. You're not allowed to be sad. Yeah, Joe Walsh, if you're listening to this, how dare you? How dare you, Joe? First of all, I want to say... I can't believe she almost had Don Henley's baby. And then she, the love of her life was Joe Walsh. And those are both from the Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face. <laughs> Does he say that? Does it say that? Is it face? I don't know. I don't really like the Eagles. That's my only point is that. Stevie Nicks is way too good to F with two members of the Eagles. (laughs) So Stevie Nicks has said that she consciously chose to not have children of her own due to her demanding career and desire to follow her art wherever it takes her. My mission maybe wasn't to be a mom. Maybe my particular mission was to write songs to make moms and wives feel better. Of her niece, godchildren, and extended family, she says, I have lots of kids. It's much more fun to be the crazy auntie than it is to be the mom anyway. Articulated sounds really sad to say... I'm here to write songs for other people to feel better, but it's noble. There's such a weird expectation for women to be mothers, but not for men to be fathers. Like, I would never be like, 
How many kids did Mick Fleetwood have? It's just interesting the answer that that's is even has, a plot point. Doesn't he have two? He has at least two. He could have had more. It doesn't matter that she doesn't have kids. And it's interesting that she even has to make a statement about it. They were like, thank goodness you didn't have his baby because the eagles suck. <laughs> You can never leave. But she said to give up for babies is to give up a lot that would be here now. So that bothers me a lot and really breaks my heart. But they're gone. So, but I couldn't have because I was too busy and I had all these commitments. According to patheos.com slash blog slash Bristol Palin slash 2015 slash 01 slash Stevie Nicks says song Sarah is about one of her four aborted children. She said that she like loved her mom so much and her mom she was like I could live the rest of my life without like a man or a partner or anything but whenever I think about my mom like because she died and she's like I get physically ill like I miss her so much Lindsay Buckingham got married in the year 2000 and has children I don't know I think that the thing that really caused me to even look into them is looking up Silver Springs from the 1997 live album The Dance. So she sings it at like staring at him when she's like saying you'll never forget me I'll always haunt you and stuff. What else did I want to highlight? They hated each other for like 30 years and didn't talk to each other when he came off the stage like all of them because she had an affair with Mick Fleetwood. Think of like having to reunite like 20 years later with your ex-husband and be like Let's play some jams. Mm-hmm. Because that's Chris. I'm talking about Christine McVie also at this point. Like, yeah, because Christine and John. AKA Matt, the Mac and Fleetwood AKA Mac. AKA Mac of Fleetwood Mac. Did you ever listen to the Civil Wars? Yeah, I did. I'm always interested in the dynamic of like a musical group where it seems like people are in love. Oh, and they were never together. But were they? they were never together, but it just was. They had. A really intense chemistry. It was always hard for me to believe that John Paul White and Joy Williams didn't at least have feelings for each other. They always refuted it and said, if we were together, if we were in love, it would be impossible to sing those words to each other every night without affecting our relationship, which I thought was an interesting way of like denying that you're together because they're both married and have other lives what if your husband but then they broke up you're like this duo and you have all this chemistry and maybe it was just like we're developing feelings for each other and then they had to break up i've already said one of my favorites but we should say our favorite fleetwood mac songs my favorite happy one is everywhere my favorite wistful one is silver springs obviously hmm. for a long time until like a few years ago i didn't f with anything besides the chain pretty much and yeah that one was pretty up there it slaps extremely hard. Mm-hmm. But Everywhere is like an elevator song in the best way. And Christine McVie sings it, so I'm giving her credit where it's due. I'm looking up Stevie Nicks facts as one does. Also, did I mention she has a hole in her nose from how much cocaine she's done? No. And a plastic surgeon has been like, let's fix the hole in your nose. And she's like, no, that could wreck everything. It could wreck my singing. Oh, interesting. So she just lives with a hole in her nose. She wore golden turquoise bottle inlaid with diamonds around her neck, so she was never without coke. So That's let's listen to this. She bought one million dollars worth of cocaine and burned, and it burned a hole in her nose the size of a dime. Rumors spread that she had to have the drug blown up her derriere by an assistant. <laughs> That's a incredible writing. Just the word derriere. Should we name our podcast "Up Her Derriere"? Mm-hmm. Lindsay Buckingham rejoined the band full time. They were still a thing, but they reunited with Lindsay Buckingham in 1993. Hmm. 
And so he did on their album, 1995 album Time, he did some vocals, but he wasn't back in the band. And then he rejoined the band full time in 1997 for a live tour and the album The Dance. On April 9th, 2018, Lindsey Buckingham was unexpectedly fired from Fleetwood Mac and replaced by Mike Campbell and Neil Finn. And then this year he had open heart surgery. We're happy you're okay, Lindsay. Godspeed on your continued recovery. Also, something really weird I want to say is that his Wikipedia page, the personal life section, all it has is the thing about a thing about his open heart surgery. Nothing about Stevie Nicks <gasps> or his wife. One thing that we didn't talk about is how she's in Coven, American Horror Story. Oh, good point. Yeah, he's she's in it. She sings Seven Wonders. It's and a- she sings Has Anyone Ever Written Anything for You? And she sings Rhiannon, I think. Yeah, Misty Day is supposed to be like obsessed with her, who's like a witch who lives at the swamp. Mm-hmm. So it's like playing into her witchy woman thing. Yeah. I watched it a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I've like kind of – don't love American Horror Story. It's not great. It feels like a weird dream the whole time you're watching it. And it feels like they're just trying so hard to shock you, just be shocking mm-hmm. for the sake of it, not to like add to the story. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> but the point is Stevie Nicks is still very enchanting. That's the bottom line. Bottom line, Stevie Nicks is an enchanting witch. <laughs> Yeah, she has, like, I wish I could be as cool as her ever in my life, Mm -hmm. but I can't. Okay, well, we're going to sign off because it's 12.02 a.m. Yeah, we've been talking about Stevie Nicks for several hours. (laughs) In closing, watch the music video for Silver Springs where she's singing it directly at Lindsay Buckingham. Mm -hmm. Oh, watch the music video for Seven Wonders where Mick Fleetwood opens his eyes all spooky. (laughs) Watch that because... Mick Fleetwood's eyes are open as wide as saucers. Like he has just been scared by a, a little witch. ghost, Casper the ghost, and Stevie Nicks. Maybe that's when that's captured on video him feeling exercised by Stevie's singing. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. If you listen to this far, send us your address. We'll send you an edible arrangement. Stay cool. Great. Have a great summer. God bless. Hags.